Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm still waiting for them to produce a song. I don't know if it'll be Adele, Sam Smith, maybe we get Alicia Keys and Jack White to do another duet. But they, they produce another song. It's called Octopussy. And they state the word Octopussy at several points in the song. Still waiting. I mean, I'm Alex. And refusing to say the title of today's movie, it's Britain. <laughs> and Britain, what is the title? <laughs> what is the title of this movie, guys? Uh, yeah, this week we are actually talking about uh, Squid Kitty, a James oh, Bond. Oh, now now this movie is about <laughs> Captain Marvel's cat, right? That's accurate. Cool, cool. I love that little guy. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is the movie yet? <laughs> <laughs> He's already stolen your heart. I mean, I saw that Funko Pop, and <laughs> and I said, "That's my new best friend." Uh, yes, we are talking about Octopussy. All right, all right. I got Tyler on board to say it. Now I just yeah. got to get Britain <laughs> of the movie. It's uh, we were discussing. Uh, I was. I was just mentioning this. The Wikipedia article uh, discussing the song "All Time High" that actually does play at the beginning of this movie. Correct. Uh, it, it, it defines the title of the movie as peculiar because <laughs> it's like the because the the title was so peculiar it was out of the question that they could uh then then use that as the title for the song it does feel like so, yeah cowards well it does feel like somebody <laughs> came up with the word and then worked backwards to make a movie around yes. it like it, it, it nothing like all the other titles as you know ob- obtuse and strange as they've been this feels the most like guys. What if, right? <laughs> or, or it was like they went. And it's also we already like, had Holly Goodhead. What's the next step? It's also like <laughs> well, what is that even like? Uh, I don't understand. Yeah, and then I when they explain like where she got the name, it's gross because apparently the character of Octocat, her dad studied octopi and gave her like when he was a, when she was a child, he would always refer to her as my little Octocat. And that's nasty. That's a nasty, <laughs> nasty, na- that's a bad, that's a bad one. Because as we know. <laughs> he is a bad dad, octodad. Like, that's not the way to do it. Because as we know, Octodad. cats are disgusting creatures. Uh, <laughs> truly are. Of our, our uh, vile and uh, generally uh, should be exterminated on site. And let me be clear. I am not, there are far worse terms to refer to that part of certain people's anatomy. This is not in any way the worst. It is the sophomoric uh, 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 tone, I think, that I am chiding the film on. That it is in a James Bond movie, which partially partially is very silly and and, and funny. But it's also like, I just, oh my goodness. And like, I don't admittedly know the etymology. I don't know when that word became associated with that part of the anatomy if that was maybe that was a 90s thing i don't know and so in the 80s maybe it only meant a cat but pretty sure that's not a not what the case is here yeah no i know it's just like it just it, it is makes me very feel strange. strange like it is very much like you would expect them to do this in the 60s right. not or, you would or expect by Austin the Powers time movie. they get to, yeah yeah you would expect by the time they get to the 80s they're kind of like oh yeah we that's that's a little that's that's a title that's going to make people uncomfortable. Let's yeah. not. <laughs> if nothing else, it's so silly. Yeah, and yeah. silly in a in a in, in a certain way. It's again like I don't want to like far be it for me to tell anybody how to refer to their own anatomy or anything. But like it's just it's such a 
yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't want it to see, seem like I'm calling that word inherently nasty, or, or certainly not that part of anyone's anatomy. It's just like for a James Bond movie to say, "Here's our character. Her name is this, and she got that name from her dad calling her that." is a little uncomfortable for me. That's fair. Uh, so I'll, I'll go ahead and get the the comparisons to the the book out of the way, just cool. because y'all y'all brought that up. Um, <laughs> I read the short story for this, and it's based on one, one of Fleming's short stories. It's not oh. based on like a full-length novel. Is the short um, story just the title? Because that was all Fleming needed. <laughs> I mean... Applaud, please. That's. I, I feel like that's... I don't know. That's that's possible. That's that seems like a realistic expectation. Um but everything with the female character Octopussy is not in the story. It's basically gotcha. the entire backstory with the dad where it's this like defector and Bond is going to kill him. Um I believe that's all the short story is. Okay. Um and I think the name Octopussy is just what he calls his pet octopus. Like, oh. I, I, like I, I, I need to go back and see why exactly that's a thing. But yeah. I, I think weird because we're talking about Ian Fleming. It's less weird in the, in the short story <laughs> right, than it right, is right. in the movie, as far as I remember. <laughs> Dear me. So um, Octopussy, directed yes. by John Glenn, who was released in 1983... One of two Bond films to be released that year in the infamous Battle of the Bonds. We'll get to the other one next week. It has a 42% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 47% audience score, which I believe of the entire series thus far is the lowest critic score. Huh. Yeah. And it's not the lowest audience score, but it's close to the bottom. Anyways. Tyler, Britton, best thing, worst thing. Did you guys even like this movie? I feel like I'm the only one here who kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I felt similarly to this that I did with Moonraker, I think, ultimately, um, where I liked it as a parade of silliness, um, at times literally. Um, sure. sure. And, and, and I've kind of gotten to the point with this franchise where, like, that's really what, all I'm asking is give me some <laughs> silliness, give me some fun, give me some Roger Moore charm. And that's, this movie gave me that. Um, it, you know, it, it, I don't know. I like to find or maybe it was one of those like I don't see myself going. You know, I'm gonna watch this again. Sure. Like I totally more like, hey, I had to watch it for the podcast and nah, shit, sure, whatever. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had a rough go of it in terms of my uh, my my feelings about these Bond movies recently. I'll put it that way. I don't think I'm. I don't think any of them are gonna crest above a, a C for me, if that. Well, no, I have gone like C plus. I don't. I don't see myself getting higher than that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I quite enjoyed *The Spy Who Loved Me*, and I feel like it's been a little bit downhill ever since. Um, this this one, I think I liked more. I mean, I'll, I'll kind of have to talk it out a, a little bit here, but I think I did like it more than *For Your Eyes Only*. Um, but it's eh. <laughs> I found myself quite bored through a sure. lot of it. Um, I don't. I I think they. I think this one is a better. Strangely enough, because of how like bizarre some of it is, I think this one is a better take on trying to do a more serious Bond. Hmm. Because I feel yep. like the pacing and the overall direction and everything feels more grounded. Um, I felt like 
it was harkening back more towards those first few Bond movies from with Sean Connery than it was, or than uh, For Your Eyes Only did. Um, just because For Your Eyes Only, I felt as if the entire time I was just very bored, and then something really weird would happen, and then I would just be confused, and then it would continue on like that for the rest of the right. movie. Uh, this one, I felt the the overall tone was was more even, um, and I think they overall dialed back on some of the more... Uh, there, there is definitely a lot of silliness in this, but uh, it, it works a little better in terms of an actual thing to get invested in and an actual sort of... having actual suspense in the action, that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to do your best and worst, or should sure. I Um, I think my best thing about this might be sort of going off of that, the overall direction of the movie. Um, and this I, is the same director of um, For Your Eyes Only. Okay. Mm. I was just impressed. I, I, I think there's a clear effort, at least on his yes. part, to step up his game. Yes, 100%. Um, I was impressed. I was impressed by... There are there are a lot of shots in this movie that um, specifically I, I can remember a couple of uh, Bond kind of running on top of the train um, at one point. Yeah. There's a few different elements like that uh, where there were there were just shots that I thought, oh wow, that, that that's actually good. <laughs> like, <laughs> that a well-composed, neat sort of a wide shot uh, that, you, you know, captures the scene very well and probably could be seen in a movie from today. Uh, like the way it's, I mean, obviously our kind of ability to have lighting and production effects and things have improved quite a bit but yeah there, there was there were some shots in this where i was like oh wow that was that was yeah. well done and um overall i mean the i don't know if the set pieces were good so much as weird yeah yeah <laughs> um, but i i felt a lot of the time they were done well um there there was stuff that i thought was cool there was one specific shot where bond uh that is maybe one of the more brutal shots we've seen in any of this where bond shoots a guy right between the eyes yeah um, but there's almost yeah. like a like a cartoon thing because the guy goes like cross-eyed like oh well but you see like there is a hole yeah, yeah, in the man's absolutely. head <laughs> and that was the part but where no I was one. like whoa Cause, yeah because I mean it was like just a red hole like we you know we've never yeah. usually it's just oh he's shooting no oh, the guy fell over yeah you know, he, maybe, he looked, maybe there's yeah. some blood somewhere that's you know just enough to be like yes the man is shot he looked like um, Woody in the first Toy Story when Sid burns sure, him in the yes, forehead yes, <laughs> it looked exactly. like that but it was still just I was not expecting that in terms yeah, of oh we just sure. we just definitely watched a man a man die. Yeah, because I guess usually more when, so than yeah. Snyder would be proud. Yes, I guess normally when like this is secretly Snyder's favorite Bond movie solely for that. I believe it. Well, I feel like usually when the NPCs die in these movies, it's like mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like oh yeah, and there's like yeah. a lot of railing kills. Exactly. A lot of just like there's you hear like you see smoke, but you yes. don't see anything else, yes. any sort of viscera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's there's stuff like that. Um, I'm considered. I mean the uh, the the final bit, which we'll have to get into, of Bond getting to the bomb um, in the circus is surprisingly sort of tense and like yeah, uh, you know, hectic and uh, almost hard to watch. Like it's it's well done, um, yeah. And somehow they make that work, even though Bond's in a clown costume. It's there is stuff about this movie that works really well on a serious level, um, and I was not expecting that. There's a lot that does not. <laughs> Um, I think for me, I think my worst thing about this, um, I've just got two very vague things for my best and worst thing, because why not? My worst thing is that I felt the middle really, really sagged. Um, 
I felt like the introduction. Well, it's, it's mostly just Bond is chilling at a place. Yes. Oh, Bond snuck into another place, and now he is chilling yes. there. Uh, the introduction was kind of weird and fun, I guess, <laughs> and there is some other weird stuff early on. Uh, we we see a clown get chased down Ramsey Bolton style, um, <laughs> which was just strange and interesting. And then uh, it it continued to just taper off to where the middle, you know, third maybe more of this for me. I was just sitting there like I'm I I don't know I don't like this. <laughs> what, <what's going> on? <laughs> it's just Bond talking with people and generally because the overall plot I think is quite interesting and I'm sure. I think Alex, you have more to say on this, but um, in terms of the, the about a plot to a James Bond movie, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, in terms of the fact that the, the the point is, there's a you know this this high ranking is he is he Russian? I I I lost track at some points if Orlov was Russian. Orlov, yeah, he he's a Russian general. Okay, yeah. So this high ranking Russian general, he's he's trying to he's he's he's, he's in the same meeting room as Gogol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was like a meeting of... Also, I, I love uh, how they just have Gogol just show up in these movies. Like, <laughs> uh, We just have a reoccurring Russian character. I, I, right. I like that. Sure. Like, if, if you're not going to bring back... Like, we're, we're never going to see Agent Triple X again. At least, at least we have something. Who? Like that. <laughs> um, but the, this plot uh, of... Okay, you've got... The, 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 the overview of the plot is that you've got this high-ranking Russian general, and he's trying to... Uh, set off this sort of crazy, a little bit delusional chain reaction, maybe, of um, he wants to have a, a bomb seem to be accidentally set off uh, in in the middle of Europe so that all of Europe and the U.S. all, like, de-escalates and gets rid of all their atomic bombs and leaves Russia yeah. high-powered. Like, that's interesting. Um, all, all of that all of that is neat, and I think when it comes into play towards the end, it works really well. It's, it makes for some fun sort of action and, and interesting stuff going on there. Um, as as an overall plot, that's cool, but like the middle of the movie completely doesn't know how to con- keep the momentum going on that because it's a lot more simple. Than, yeah, <laughs> like there's nothing to do with. I don't know. It, it just felt like Bond was uh, roaming around from place to place. He meets uh, Octocat, squ- squid, <laughs> squid. Uh, another word for cat. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then. Um, Calamari feline. Uh, <laughs> he, he's. It feels as if it completely loses the momentum, and I was not a fan. <laughs> and I, I think I know why that is, but we can get into that in a little bit. Sure. Um, Britain, best thing, worst thing? Good question. Um, <laughs> so I think um, for my best thing, I might just default to Roger Moore. And he might have been at the same level of involvement in the movie that he has in the last one. I was just paying more attention. No, I think I think he's more into this one. Yeah, I feel he, like, they give him more to do. Yeah, like I feel he had more quips, and I feel, and those were fun and charming. And he's, yeah, I just continue to like him. Um, yeah. And I liked that one of the two women he got with in this movie was closer to his age, <laughs> even though they're cool. still like fifteen years apart. <laughs> exactly, it's still not great, but it's better, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think for um, worst thing, uh, I had to look at some clowns, and I hate clowns. Sure, <laughs> granted, this movie also uh, was weird because this came out. I was looking this up. This came out 
three or four years before it. <laughs> the, really? the book, Stephen, and so which I think is nothing to do with sure, anything. Sure, sure, But it was just funny to me that it's like, oh, you've got this clown. He looks very similar to Pennywise in sort of the original, yeah. the original miniseries design, and he's got the red balloon, and he's running through the forest. That's <laughs> true. I was just like, this yeah, is a weird set of thing. I mean, I think it's just one of those. Just to. Just a small aside, if you're a, 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 a Secret Service a- agent and you're on the run and you're in a clown costume, you'd think the does. least you would do is untie the balloon yeah, no, from your arm. I said that exact thing. Like, Especially when you're in a forest and there are branches and, oh, hey, one of them popped. <laughs> that I, happened. I, I, I totally understand, like, I didn't expect to be chased, so I'm in my clown shoes. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got this, like, this floating <laughs> target. Yeah, it's, it was, maybe that's it's, he's throwing them off. They're like, oh, there he, oh, that was a, that was a balloon. Whoops. Okay. He should well, have just started. A, a, he should, he should have started logos. shouting. Uh, should have started shouting. You'll float down here too. Oh, and he just God. keeps repeating that. Yeah, yeah, I hate clowns so much. Um, <laughs> so it's not your worst thing. Probably, honestly, probably. <laughs> well, I really enjoy. I think my worst thing is what I already said about the name. Like how she, her dad called her that, which I think is weird. Um, yeah. And I think that's more just an attempt to try and tie it into the short story if it can. Yeah, I, I, it, it's it's not it's not a smart decision. No, but. and I feel like the the better way to do that would be like, oh, my father called his octopus his pet, his pet octopus that, and I feel like he loved his pet more than me. <laughs> so I took that name on. Cause so it, I killed the octopus. So I killed the octopus and took its or, name. Or make up something like she says, like I I uh, I kind of rebuilt the old octopus octopus cult. Or whatever. Sure, 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 sure. Just call that. Or just have her be like, it means eight vaginas, dude. <laughs> like, whatever, man. Yeah. It's 1983. Vote for Reagan. Come on, let's go. <laughs> it's the 80s. Do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. Like, whatever, man. I wish he'd just done that. It's just like a monologue of like, that, that who entire, cares? Just, yeah. just, just done this, that. This ridiculous 10-minute rant about the 80s and, yeah, and how Bond like, is, needs to grow up. Who cares, <laughs> dude? Greed is good. Whatever, man. New Coke. Let's go. Plus, Bond's already had experience experiences with the third nipple, so I mean, yeah, sure, really. sure, you know, like that. Yeah, I really, and I really did. Yeah, Tyler, you'd mentioned this. Uh, you texted us about Bond's reaction to the name. <laughs> The and, first time and he, he does, hears it. He does do this face where I feel like the vocal ver- equivalent of that would be, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like he does these three distinct looks. It's very funny. He's like trying to process this. Well, I like to imagine. Is, see, wait, what? I like Actually. to imagine that's the first time Roger Moore heard the, na- the name, too. And he was, they were just like. That's the name of the movie? He's like, what? Huh? Well, well, the best part of it is, like, the, this is, like, right after he sleeps with Maggie. Or, Mag- what's her name? Magda. Magda? Mag- Who is beautiful, by the way. Yes, yeah, she's gorgeous. But but um, like she's got the little octopus tattoo, yeah, and, yeah. and he's like, oh, what's that? And she says it like, like it's it's no surprise. Like there's no yeah. shock yeah, value, you- or there's no reason for you to be surprised by this information. Oh, that's my little octopusy. <laughs> oh, I mean, it says serenity. Don't you have one? <laughs> oh, the guy at the two parlor said it means center or something <laughs> like. Yeah, and I. Yeah, but Roger Moore does react to it as though he, like you said, he didn't know the title. He's like, I thought we were doing James Bond and the Case of the Sinister Clock. Well, the best part is that the bit right before they go to the auction towards the beginning, and they the say oh, the property. There you go. The uh, the property of a lady. That's a, a of lady. title of one of the other short stories. Oh, so they're like so, Inkheart, and they're bringing so, <laughs> the books to life. That's accurate. 
So I read that as Con- that's a one. James Bond story. <laughs> I read that as that's one of the titles that they just don't feel like they can make like a title of a movie and have it like sell on like a movie poster. Sure. I so feel they like went that would with... be a better title for this movie. <laughs> so obviously. So obviously yeah. they go with Octopussy. I don't know. They could have just think... done like James Bond in Too Many Donkeys. <laughs> James Bond in Clowns. <laughs> James Bond in The Mysterious Case of Mr. Olympus or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, Alex, what are your best and worst uh, things about this? I think the, your best thing is the title. That seems to be the case. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he says it, you guys, he does this little giggle that you can't see. Like his shoulders kind of shake. Yeah, I, I had the exact same reaction as when Bond is uh, having that constant zoom in on that, that lady's cleavage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing that happened in this movie. Oh, whoa, 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 wow. I also, I should also point out, maybe Alex is actually the most mature because he's the only one willing to just say the name of the movie. <laughs> That's just the character's name. It's exactly. Like, maybe you have a better head on your shoulders than I do. The best part is when he's doing that in Q's office, and it's just the dumbest thing. Because it's so comical how fast it just zooms in, zooms out. I was just thinking, I can't remember which episode it was, but at some point, Britain just had a joke that ended with boobies. And that's all I could think of. Yeah, it's very... Like, I'm just imagining... Bond looks over at Q as Q's, like, scolding him. Just superimpose Britain's face on Roger Moore going, Boobies! <laughs> that, that almost, I found, to be more misogynistic than the movie title. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do too. I, I, do too. I was, yeah. I could not really believe that, that it happened where, um, yes, yeah, so if, if uh, you're not familiar, Bond just, the, Q has, it's, it's a watch camera or something. It's a camera but, attached to I think it's watch. like, the watch has a camera but like the feed goes back yes. to the home so I guess it's like when he's on the field they can see that you know yeah, yeah. It, and for some reason the camera is just automatically placed towards uh, Q's secretary sure. or whoever this lady is supposed to be yeah. some intern who's like I'm done with this crap just yeah, get really. me out of here <laughs> this ain't worth it yeah um, yes and so Bond Bond turns the camera on her, her low cut dress and just sort of uh Zoom whips, in, zoom whips out, the zoom camera in, zoom back out. and forth like multiple times for yeah. a good five or ten seconds. And it's, it's like, like something you... a five-year-old. Yes, would it's do. like what, yeah, what are you doing it, here? It, it, it doesn't feel. It feels cartoonish even for this franchise, yes. but especially for that version of Bond. Yes. Because Roger Moore, and we've talked about this a lot, like he's very classy in these movies, even though he's like flirting with everybody and sleeping around. He doesn't. He's not that sophomore. That he's feels not that, like again like, talking about the title. Um, that feels like a very uh, mischievous. Uh, Sean Connery thing mm. that that he that his Bond would do sure not so much with the more yeah this seems weird. like, a, like I kind a, of buy Lazenby doing that as sure, well sure. or like an Ameri- I buy, or like I buy, a, I buy both of them doing it way before I buy Roger Moore yes. doing it or like Stifler from American Pie like, <laughs> yeah. something like that I don't really buy Roger Moore yeah that 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 was uh, disconcerting to be sure no yeah I agree I agree um. There's also the joke when the guy, like, he sat on top of a pile of ropes, and then the ropes got really tall, (laughs) so I guess it was like a ladder that was harder to be on, and then he tipped over, and Moore goes, having trouble keeping it up, Q? And he gets that face he made when he said women drivers, and the the (laughs) other one, he's like, penis. (laughs) Well, it's just strange, because 
that almost seems like a setup and payoff because then when the ladies go marching into oh, uh, Kamal yeah. Khan's fortress, they do a similar thing where, where all the ladies lift up a yeah. pole that Octopus is on the end of. That way they can get her to the top of the building. That's true. And, and I was like, I, I was just going, is is it supposed to be the same gadget or is this just complete no, nonsense? I, I don't think it's and I'm going to go with it's complete nonsense. Yeah. Clearly, we know what the director had on on his mind uh, when he was making this, though. Nope, this was 100% pure cubby. <laughs> I do like when Q lands in his his uh, hot, air, hot balloon, air balloon, yeah. and then he's like, I don't have time for all your kisses and horniness. Get your fallopian tubes away from me. No, but the best part You're is... You're getting bra right marks all over my balloon! We need to, we need to put and then, a pin in the finale, because... That just started happening. I was like, "Wait, am I am I still awake?" And then the women just start like kissing on on uh, Desmond Lowell, and he's like, uh, uh, "Well, maybe a little time." Oh. Yeah, but I that's all, folks. Da, na, 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 na. I love Desmond Llewellyn. No, he's, he's, great. he's very good. It's just it was such a. Ah. Alex, uh, did you already do your best and worst? No, I have not. <laughs> You're right because we derailed it with our classic comedy. Correct. Um, my best thing is going to be something that Tyler already mentioned. Pretty much everything right after Bond gets out of the bear costume or whatever that's supposed to <laughs> the, be. The gorilla, I think. The gorilla costume, yes. Yeah. Excuse me. When he gets out of that up to him defusing the bomb, I think is, like, really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I love all of that. I genuinely because, like, yeah. Go on. And this is something that we rarely see, especially with Roger Moore Bond. He's desperate. Yes, he looked scared several like, times. Like, he has... Thing- he he literally starts from the ground floor like he has nothing to work with and he is able to find his way into that base and and is able to get there and defuse the bomb and nobody like, believes him and yeah, yeah. I and and like you said Tyler somehow he is able to dress up as a clown that should be like a, a, a we're jumping the shark moment where it's just I can't take any of this seriously but it's it's it works really well mm-hmm. um and on top of him fighting the twin brothers with the knives like I loved all yeah. that stuff um. I don't know. All of that worked really well for me, and just having the circus as a set piece was was fun and something also, that we haven't really seen in a Bond film. Although they, they seem to be tr- trying to promise that at the beginning of Moonraker, when Jaws lands in that circus, and I'm like, yeah. is Jaws going to be in the circus for the rest of the movie? This sounds fun, but no. How great would it be if Jaws just showed up in this circus? She's like, oh yeah, he's part of this. He's part of the circus. What do you? Yeah. <laughs> and then the lady with the pigtails is like an acrobat or something yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Good. That would work. Um, yeah. The, I was gonna say, um, the, I think the biggest, the most striking part of it for me is that he's completely alone for That's all true. of that. That's true. Um, yeah. Which is not it, it. This movie does mess with the formula in a lot of ways. I think because um, normally at this point, either he's he's got his group of random henchmen who have been supplied from somewhere. Um, that's just some random vague army where we know maybe like one person's name. I think they um, made them on Camino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it's, it's, he, he was like pretended to be Sifo Diaz, and then they. I'm amazed you have that name. Yeah. Well, I'm just imagining Roger Moore in the, in the Star Wars prequels. Uh, it would be great. It would be great. Yeah. Oh, the right. droid decas. <laughs> I like the idea of him going up against uh, Count Dooku. Oh, that would have been fashion. better. Um, Around the survivors, a perimeter create. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, uh... Roger Moore voices every single clone trooper. They get rid of Tamara Morrison and they just replace the voice. Oh. Now, no, Tamara Morrison still does the body work, 
mm-hmm. and it, like it's Jango Fett and everything, but they just dub him with Roger Moore. Yeah. They just don't have him talk without the helmet on. Yeah, it'd be good stuff. Yeah. Um, Come on. The. <laughs> His, his oh, army yes. is... He usually he usually has the army with which he attacks the big base with, or mm-hmm. he has the the Bond girl that's just kind of trailing along and probably getting in his way because that's what these movies like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this one he's just completely he's he's kind of been stranded. Yeah. Um, I frankly don't even remember how he got to that point of him being stranded, but because, that's a good. Because, I hadn't thought about that. Well, though. that's um, a good point. He is. This is when he's on top of the train, and one of the knife brothers, like they, they roll off the train, mm-hmm. and like they start, you know, they they start chasing each other, and they like go into a woodshed, and Bond like surprises him and kills him, and then he has to run because he's not on the train anymore. Right, but I'm saying the he had other. I guess he just didn't have anyone else. To, I forget how he gets to the train. Is I guess what I'm. Yeah, I don't remember. I, oh, was that? Is that when he's driving? He's trying to get away, but his car, the tires get sliced, and then he fits the the shredded wheels onto the train tracks. That happens. Yeah, because he corner he corners Orlov um, in one of the uh, train cars that's separated. Because um, because Orlov's trying to take the real Russian jewels away. Yes. Um. The plot is slightly convoluted. It's sure. slightly, but I, I was able to keep track of it for the most part. Um, I wasn't too confused. Uh. But yeah, Orlov, like, he's able to, to signal his men, and then we get into a gunfight, and Bond gets away, and then he, he takes the car and gets on the train tracks. Which is sort of absurd, and... It's absurd, but... Work, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, if that were the most absurd thing to happen in this movie, I, I, I think that would be fine. Oh, right, because he's, he's driving along, and then uh, they switch the tracks on him, and he jumps to the other train, and then the other train hits the car, and the car just goes flying through the yeah. air. Yeah. And I think it, like, takes out a boat or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it falls off a bridge, and there's, like, a few people, like, fishing, and it, it like, crashes into one of the just the small wood boats. <laughs> and, like, you see people just scrambling to jump out of the way. Why not? It's pretty um, funny. It's pretty funny. But no, the so Bond for this entire that entire segment is completely just working on his own. He's not. There's no yeah. one else. Yeah. At all. There's, there's no Bond girl or anything. And it's really, like you said, it's really desperate. Um, it's it's very, you know, kind of not like the bit normal. where all the teenagers are pretending to give him a oh, lift, yes. and then they just they they troll him and where then they just drive off that entire bit where he's trying to to hitch a ride but he's he's running down the road um and no one is uh yeah. he's picking him up which is both funny but also like oh yeah he's trying to save you know all these people and he's they're like all, looking at his watch they're all gonna, they're all gonna die if you know yeah. he, he doesn't get to him and so it's good and those teens are like and, whatever old man we're going to sleep away camp <laughs> nothing will kill us in there and then they do and his uh his kind of acting and that and his body language and everything is, is so wonderful of, yep. of portraying making it more tragic than really that s- scenario should be oh yeah. yeah like this still isn't like John Wick or anything but but it, there is a stroke of desperation that we haven't seen this Bond mm-hmm. have previously well the weird the weird thing is it tells me that Roger Moore when he wants to can play serious Bond really well sure I believe mm-hmm. it um, I, well, I think he says that was for 009 I think it's effective yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, he 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 definitely prefers the more comedic elements because yeah. he doesn't take Bond very seriously as a concept in the first place. Right. But 
just the bit where he he's like tell him who i am there's a bomb in there we're all gonna die mm-hmm. you yeah. have to let me over there like i love how he se- sells all that and then mm-hmm. like when they're they're actually he's like a few feet away from the bomb he's almost there and they're pulling him away he's like there's a bomb in there mm-hmm. and you hear the crowd starting to freak out all of that's really well handled mm-hmm. i did find it a bit silly that no one in the tent left yeah, that, that like sure. the general even once the general and the military folks are, are on board they're like everyone stay calm not leave because in case this goes bad yeah. just like well, everybody hang to, on hang on to be fair they say like is it 20 mile radius that you have yeah, to they would uh, have been get out outside of yeah, there would have been yeah. no getting out of that so there's no there's no real point in trying to send people outside of the right. tent but they didn't necessarily know that they no yeah, they didn't necessarily know that but you know. yeah no yeah that, that's true that's true um but yeah that's my favorite part of, of the whole movie, I yeah, love that. that. And to and to say that significant a stretch Sorry. without any real breaks is my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that really says something mm-hmm. about this versus at least the past couple of Bond movies. And I generally like the shot where the guy, I think one of the Knife Brothers, is coming and he chops the head off the gorilla suit. Yes. And yeah. it, right there in the within that same line of sight, you see Bond climbing mm-hmm. out of the mm-hmm. thing. It was mm-hmm. this great kind of of visual thing. I, I like that. I like that. Bit. Because your eye is able to follow it very, very, yeah, very immediately, logically, you know, right, right. Um, and you pick up all the, the the necessary bits of information within a single shot that only lasts like two or three seconds. Yeah. Um, I think my worst thing is just going to be the random bits of humor that, uh, not necessarily all the random bits of humor, because some of it really works, but just there are so many just oddball decisions that are made. Mm-hmm. That are just sprinkled in, and it like it's it's throughout all the Roger Moore movies, except for maybe The Spy Who Loved Me. That one seems the most like focused, and like we're not gonna throw in just random BS for the sake of throwing it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one does it to a lesser degree than at least the past couple, but it's yeah. still like I don't even know where to begin. Like VJ with his little flute or whatever, actually <laughs> doing the Bond, the Bond theme. theme. Yeah. Uh, and that's and, what and gets Tyler, Bond's attention, like, the movie I'm in. Like, Tyler and I have discussed this before. Um, Rocky Three, they do that. Like, there's a, a band playing the Rocky theme, and it's like, so in the world of the film, our characters are not aware of that, and it's like something that that was created outside of them. Like, it gets into all these weird questions about how this world actually operates, and I just, I, I, I just think it's, it's distracts. Um, so I would prefer just don't do that at all. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's that. Uh, the, um, the part where Bond is sliding down the uh, the railway or the the stairway, and he has to shoot the end <laughs> off the rail yeah. so that he doesn't get hit in the. Crotch. I kind of like that. Until <laughs> <laughs> like, he couldn't swing the, his leg over. And the, the, yeah, the look on his face was like, <gasps> oh. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it, it is still very strange and out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but at least it's it's in the middle of an action scene. It doesn't like sure. It, it doesn't pause the movie for a couple of minutes just to have a stupid gag. Like it's very quick. Yeah. Um. And plus they're playing the Bond theme during it. And there it's are like there are multiple um vehicles disguised as animals. There, yeah. There's a plane hiding behind a horse's butt. And <laughs> yeah. there's a uh, alligator we'll, vehicle we'll that I that fully explained. Yes, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like the, the mouth open you see more like ooh yeah, and then it like, closes wait. again and then we never see him get into or out of that yeah, we, no see, idea we see him pull up 
in mm-hmm. or no maybe we do see him get out of it at the uh, when he goes and, and finds out that <laughs> quick quick tone cut to vj is dead yeah vj um, has been brutally murdered with yeah, a chainsaw out of so the, badly that we can't even show it as bond gets out of the gator mobile um, yeah yeah it's but yeah we never really see what that vehicle is he's just sort of in an alligator yeah it's um, it's bizarre um but yeah, there's stuff like that. I think, and obviously him getting in the gorilla costume, and it's not just that, oh, it's Bond in a gorilla costume, that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. It's also just the logic of, how is he able to get into it and, out, and of it. out of it so quickly and without anyone else in the room noticing? Well, this movie does also introduce a new uh, piece of lore where Bond has animal control powers. So we have uh, no idea. See, I missed what... that. I missed that. Well, when the the tiger, Britain, is, you're uh... watching the special edition. <laughs> you're watching the director's cut of Octopus. Right. Well, see, a... I was only watching the theatrical cut, so I'm missing key plot points well, that there really was... make this film a, a a fully comprehensive masterpiece. Well, there's a do back that he talks to at one point. <laughs> no, uh, when when he gets into the jungle before the big the merry chase, the Colonel Hathi's march chase, uh, he he sees the tiger. And the tiger's like growling yeah. at him, and he goes, "Sit," and does this weird thing with his eyes. And the tiger's like, "All right, I, I think you, that you, you have power over me." I was trying dominion. to build up to that sequence because that has two different moments that are just the worst, yeah. and that's one of them. Before the you other get to the other which... one, can I can I can I sit on this point for a second? Because I'm thinking about this, and I think mm-hmm. Bond having animal powers might be canon. Um, because let's I'm think, sure it is. Let's think about it. Bond in uh, Live and Let Die, right? At least Roger Moore Bond. Um, he clearly, clearly, Sean Connery Bond is too afraid of his animal or of animals to exercise the animal powers. You know, like the spider and the snake and such. He he, he freaks out too much. You know, he's yeah. He, if he if he would him. let himself, you know, sort of form the connection with the animals, he'd be able to control them as well. Right. Um, but he's got to control his animal chakras. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Roger Moore Bond, though, in Live and Let Die, he, he gets the alligators to perfectly align, or crocodiles, whatever, to perfectly align so that he can step on their heads to mm. get to get back to land. Um, the sharks completely avoid him in the last movie when he's That's just bleeding profusely. I'm just saying, there is this is not the first example. This could, yeah, this could actually think, add up. You know, he does he does swing like George of the Jungle in this movie. Maybe, maybe that's why Blofeld's cat runs away is because Roger Moore sends him like a message. It like, could be, could be. This is gonna break bad, and he's like, "You have dominion over me." <laughs> I, and, then, and then when he was on the Muppet Show, he sang "Talk to the Animals." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It's, it's been hiding under our under our noses the whole time. I really do think Roger Moore Bond has animal powers. Um, but yeah, then and wait, <laughs> Roger Moore. <laughs> oh my god. Um. But There's also an al- another alligator in this movie that uh, he gets he gets in the water like he get he falls in the water with I think it's a dude with like the chain blade or something oh, yeah, so, yeah. someone and uh, Morge we never see how Morgan's away he just does and there's an alligator there and it's a uh, it's pretty angry mm. I'm just saying you know what I realized this is the second movie uh, yeah so I mean we just found that out so <laughs> thanks for that um, this is the first or the second movie of 1983 that's part of a major film franchise to have one of the main characters swinging from vines with just the Tarzan yell oh, yeah, laid o- on top of the, the sound effects. Mm-hmm. The other of which is Return of the Jedi when Chewbacca is swinging hmm. to get on one of the chicken walkers. 
I totally forgot that <laughs> happened. Um, I think that's that for me is up there with the pitch and double take and Kananga blowing up as a giant balloon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is up there as one of the and, and the the corkscrew slide whistle. Mm-hmm. I think. The, Except Definitely for Spyro Lovey, the they just keep wanting to throw in these terrible sound effect editing moments. I don't understand. Well, well, here's the thing that you need to remember about James Bond is that he is the seventh Earl of Greystoke. So he is. <laughs> yeah, and Chewbacca is uh, Wookiee for ninth Earl of Greystoke. That's right. He's James Bond's grandson. Well, that was a quick. So, so, so here's here's a question. Is the is the idea here that uh, Roger Moore lives for several hundred years in this universe, or that his son does? And that, I think or, his son or does. Do, or do all three of them? Is the full line just incredibly long lived? I, th- I think that this is a well. I don't. Uh, he, well, actually, wait. Because Star Wars might, is he, actually in a galaxy yeah, a long say. time ago. I think so. What, I guess yeah. it is. I guess it does work if it's just you know maybe Bond's son. Gets I think time his travel. son is, a ta- is like a time walker. He's 0077, and then he's a, a time travel agent, and he goes back. Yeah, but he gets stuck, and he's like, uh, "Well, this I have to make my he, way here with these big furry, my big yeah, furry bride." And he has yeah, he has a Wookiee wife, and you know, yeah, this is canon. I think it works. A Wookiee wife. It does. It does tie into the animal powers, and that's why they released this and Return of the Jedi at the same time is because they are connected. Yes. Yeah. You just have to. You just have to see the signs. I think we lost Alex. <laughs> Brain has performed an illegal operation and must be shut down. <laughs> no, even worse. I just saw the news that uh, Christoph Waltz is coming back for the next Bond film. Oh, you just so... saw that? I saw that the other day, and I thought I, of you. I. Breaking oh, news. <laughs> Moving on. Um, but yeah, I think overall that's my worst thing. Just those yeah. random weird comedic bits that just c- fall completely flat because they're so ridiculous. Um, and this movie is sillier than For Your Eyes Only. Uh, I think we're, like, they have their one movie stint of, we're trying to get back to the Fleming source material. But, and then they're like, alright, now back to Moonraker and being is, a bit more ridiculous. I think this one this one allows, for, or is, is not as... Uh, because there's so much that entire car chase and for your eyes only is just stupid <laughs> there's yeah. there's so much stuff like that yeah. um in for your eyes only and and this one i mean i guess this one i think balances those more such that it can still have an actual serious plot yeah this one point. has a, a more balanced tone and it also just has a more interesting story to tell yes. regardless yes uh but yeah, I I think, and and we can get back into the the kind of the, the second act being a bit problematic pacing wise. Um, I think you could cut ten fifteen minutes from this movie and be completely fine, it, and yeah, have it be a yeah. tighter narrative. Um, also, the bit with VJ because VJ in real life was was like a famous tennis player. Oh, the, was the he? The bit where he has a tennis racket and they're riding in the ah. little the little carts. Yeah, and he oh. oh, and he got multiple great lines there. Yeah, I, I liked VJ, and the, well, the, I, the, I, the I, actor's I, name was VJ as well. So I wondered why well, that okay, was. That That's cool. He gets a uh, he gets a uh, game set match after he he knocks the guy yeah. out, and then there's there's another one too. I can't remember. Uh, well, I do like how oh, it's, they, uh, they have the bit where where he's like, "Oh, I've been I've been investigating Kamal Khan. I've been hanging out around his place and stuff. I, I you know I've been hanging out at his facilities." And Bond's like, "What have you?" 
have you have you learned anything? What have you found out? And, and uh, VJ's just like, my backhand's getting pretty good. <laughs> well, and, and that's and pretty he, good. He's actually a pretty good actor. I didn't know he wasn't. He was a tennis player. Yeah, like, if you if you didn't know that, it's yeah, not I just assumed. Distracting. The, there's cool. the part where uh, they're driving in the uh, sort of three wheeled vehicle. I don't know what the name for that is. Um, and uh, they say, um, Bond says, uh, VJ, we've got we've got company. And he's like, good thing this is a company car. And then he, like, does a wheelie, like, the entire yeah. way down the street. Company car. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was kind of like in the opening of Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Sure. Oh, my when, God. Um, I, th- I believe it's Pele, or some a, a very famous soccer player, um, it defeats a bad guy by kicking a napkin dispenser into his brain. <laughs> And then, then that's when I knew. So I know what franchise was, we're doing next. Uh, that I can tell you at, at the least that third movie is great. <laughs> it is really fun. But don't however, look for your daddy secret agent. However, the second one starring Ice Cube is not fun. <laughs> we'll spend that whole movie going. Are we done yet? It's also got the same director as the last Pierce Brosnan Bond movie. So. We'll go through that whole movie going. N- die another day. I don't. I don't know what movies those are. <laughs> You're just going, kill me now? Eh? Are we there yet? <laughs> um, was that a sequel? I think Are We Done Yet was the sequel. Are We There Yet and then Are We Done Yet? That's, so are there that's, three? That's sequel. Yeah, that's the real question. Are, are there three? Is there a third one? I don't believe so. Is it, believe are there three yet? <laughs> oh, there you go. Is it five o'clock yet? And I think I, no, I think there's there's two kids in that, and then the third one's about the third kid being born. <laughs> Like, are there three yet? That works. Uh, hey, we found it. He's got to get to the hospital on time. Yeah. It's a fun, He's fun got... for the whole family. Yeah. Really. When you think oh about it. Oh, my God. Um, and that third child, Chris Noth from Sex and the City. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds know. good. So so before we move on to, to continuing to discuss this, uh, this, this movie, um, I did want to revisit the possibility, uh, put, put on the table the possibility that um, Roger Moore's son does not only have uh, relations with uh, a Wookiee wife, and perhaps is also secretly the father of Han Solo, mm-hmm. and thus Chewbacca and Han Solo are actually half brothers. Now, I love this. Here's the, here's the other thing to go back to something I was saying earlier. Moore is originally from the Star Wars universe. Mm. What happens is somewhere in between uh, Revenge of the Blinth. And a new hope, he falls through a time portal or something and ends up and is like, Well, I can't get home. I have to do what good I can in this realm and becomes James Bond. All right, all right. Maybe like, and that's why there's always a new James Bond is because he's like, I'll have to. Maybe he like, it's like Wizard, uh, Wizard of Oz and he like, his spaceship kills Sean Connery and like crashes <laughs> on him. And oh, you like, mean like the Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, it's like the Santa Claus, exactly. It's like Santa Bond. And then he has to take his big sack of gadgets. <laughs> And he becomes the new Bond, but originally he was a, a senator or something. <laughs> and there's a Julian Glover crossover thing, too. Guys, I think we've just got a series of Here Come the Sequels comics that we can write <laughs> and sell on. Here comes the merch. I'm imagining this as having... It's a very, like, almost photorealistic uh, depiction of Roger Moore whenever he's drawn. Yeah. But then everything else is like... <laughs> It's a like, 60s comic? <laughs> like, it's very, just like... <laughs> I just really like the idea of Roger Moore in Attack of the Clones. Specifically Attack of the Clones. Just <laughs> like the, this... Geon- the Geonosians are all like... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. 
And he's like, oh, well, I think you'd better ha- take your Advil or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then shoots him in the and head. He's not wearing, like, space robes. He's, he's wearing He's, he's wearing just in, like, suit. Bond suits. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's, it's Roger Moore Bond realistically depicted yeah. with the same style as the Clone Wars animated movie. That's, yeah. That's what we're coming for here. And Never Say Never Again is, like, the dying dream that Connery has that he fades into oblivion. <laughs> Never say never again. And he sees Max von Sydow or whatever. That's why the end of Never Say Never Again is all the Bond characters waving goodbye. Well, I think it's taken us about 13 movies to ruin the Bond franchise for Alex. So <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even have you. It's okay. I is still it, is like it, this movie. Is it because you don't like us putting Roger Moore in your favorite Star Wars movie? Which one? Attack of, there Attack are so the many, so many fallacies within a single <laughs> sentence. I can't even begin. <laughs> Alex has like a full back tattoo of Geonosians. <laughs> so this movie, I don't remember. Did you even finish insert, your best and worst? Thing? Insert joke pun relating to oh, that's my little octopusy. <laughs> mm, that I'm honestly a little surprised it's not in the prequels. <laughs> oh, I hate sand; it gets everywhere. But you're not like sand; you're smooth. <laughs> he says to like Q or something. I don't know. <laughs> So, did you finish saying yeah, the worst thing? Yeah, the worst thing is... I think yeah. it's this now. It, it, was, it was just the, the, the weird inserts of humor. Right, because right, right. right. I, think, I think the biggest thing that bothers I me about it. it is it can so easily be cut out. Sure. It's not even instrumental to the story in any way. It's not... It's not at least the Kananga blowing up like a balloon, like, that's how the villain is dispatched. Mm-hmm. So there, it serves a plot function. But, like, everything I mentioned... It can easily be cut out. I also quite like yeah. the. Uh, this has uh, I, this, this is not even really related to your point. I just wanted this was the only other thing I remember from this movie. Um, the uh, the bit where the uh, in terms of like some humor that works a little more. Um, he's he's uh, doing he he steps into a, a dice game of some sort with the uh, the bad guy whose name I can't remember and. Um, Colin Khan is is that is that who that Kamal is? Khan. Sure. Yeah, Louis Um Who and, is? Uh, it's a bad villain, but he's trying his best. He's yes. quite good in this. And like we were talking before the the episode before we started recording about is Kamal Khan. What is his nationality? And because Lujadon is French and white, and because when they when I put all that together, I was like, "What is this? Star Trek into darkness?" But then, oh my god, <laughs> don't really know what's going on there. But don't, anyway. don't make us go on another 30 minute tangent about how this also relates to the Star Trek universe I don't know nearly as much about the Star Trek same, universe same. so I couldn't tell you um, anything I guess Q is a Ferengi whatever um, I, I know no, one Q, of those words Q's a triple sure. no Q is the Q he's Q from Next Generation oh yeah oh my God. he's the wow. anyway I'm sorry go on Tyler so uh, dice game. Yeah, yeah, they're playing the dice game, and uh, he's. Throwing... I love a good Bond gambling yes, scene where he is in his classic tux. He is a sure. He he's sure of himself, and he's just toying with the villain. Yes, I love the, that. Kamal Khan. Correct. Khan uh, is throwing uh, two pairs. That's a missed opportunity, Roger. I want Roger Moore to yell Khan. Yeah. <laughs> dramatically, yeah. I want that. You'll you'll get it in the next Bond movie when a. Uh, when you he's know, fighting Christopher Walken? Mm-hmm. Um, 
you th- you thought Spectre tried to connect a bunch of unrelated movies? Just wait, just wait. For my <laughs> um, the so so Khan is throwing uh, dice six six pairs of sixes with his dice every single time. He's got just, loaded dice. He's playing this guy who's just like. Oh, how is what is going on? Oh my goodness! Every time, just when I don't understand, and then Bond, Bond's like, "I'll play," and then, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, yes, uh, sur- surely no one has figured out my my trick here. The go go ahead, you lose all your money." And then Bond's like, "Oh, I really need to get this pair of sixes. Why, why don't I use your dice for good luck?" And then and then he rolls them, and then Bond says to to the guy, "I mean, he he rolls them and rolls the sixes, and and when, he doesn't even look at them, which is such a like." just boss move he's just yes. like he throws it he's just like two pairs huh <laughs> or a pair of sixes huh um but then as as he's leaving he says to the guy uh who he was was originally playing the game he's like it's not ri- or what is the line um it may just be that it's not really luck um because that's what there's some line where he flat out like explains what just happened well, yeah, he he walks up to the guy and he's like, "It's not really luck, you know." And I wanted it to just be an extra bit of, "It's because the dice they're they're weighted <laughs> that they, they land on sixes every time you roll them." That's that's what. And then he just starts. He looks straight at the, the camera and starts explaining to the audience what loaded dice are. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's me, your best friend, Roger Moore. So. And then he like cuts open the dice and he's like, "As you can see." <laughs> I do like the bit where Go Gobinda, uh, Kamal Khan's right hand man, just mm-hmm. breaks the dice, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, odd job style. It is weird that none of the people around him like really react. But <laughs> this happens a... every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. um, Dude's always crushing dice. He's, and they're always mice. he's always using those loaded dice, and someone figures it out, and then okay, and then, all right, and, move it yeah. along. <laughs> <laughs> what was um? I really liked. I'm sorry. We can continue. I, I have a thing. We can keep talking about this. I mean, that's, I think that's about I think it. That's okay. I just well, brought I was, that up out of nowhere. I liked when uh, Magda, after her night with Bond, she like rappels down beautifully with the the, her, the like her like uh, a sarong or something. Mm-hmm. She like spins down and lands in the comic. That's like a really like, cool shot. Too. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And then he like puts a robe on her. And she gets in the car, and I was like, that was. <laughs> Genuinely cool. Well yeah. done, Magda. You don't have eyebrows, but you got a lot of panache. Yeah. Well, you, you look okay. at you, you, your Faye looking, Faye Dunaway looking beauty. There's a lot of cool moments we get out of this this section of the movie, including Bond like getting captured and he's chilling at Khan's like fortress, and then they have like the dinner. And I like a good dinner where mm-hmm. where Bond and the villain sort of have a tete a tete where they're they're kind of exchanging witty dialogue. Britain, you look like you're about to say something. Go ahead. No, you need to. You need to go first. <laughs> okay. Um, let, let me see if I can even gather my thoughts and remember where I was going. Dialogue with this. dinner. Good, good, good dialogue. Oh yeah, fortress. yeah. This is one of the worst cases of why don't they just kill Bond and yeah. take the egg? Like that's there's like a whole good half hour, forty five minutes of this movie where I'm constantly asking that and. Kamal Khan's like, oh, we need to we need to keep him alive and figure out what he knows because we don't know well, exactly how how somebody got the fake egg in the first place. And then later he wants to kill clown. him. Later he wants well, to kill him, and Octopussy's like, nah. Well, it's even worse than that because he starts explaining to Bond over that dinner. He's like, oh, we're gonna torture you with curare, and you know you're gonna go crazy or whatever, and you know a 100% success rate with with using sure. this for for interrogating. They proceed to just leave Bond to chill in his room. Like, 
Kamal Khan's a moron in this. And and there's so many times where, where he just goes to Octopussy and he's like, I'm so Bond got away! <laughs> and I'm expecting Octopussy to just turn around with a pistol and shoot him. Like, he's he's an incompetent buffoon. And and yeah. Louis Jordan, like we said, he's trying his best and he's actually pretty charismatic and he's oh, got very. he's got just this slight tinge of oh, is he about to like let loose and just go crazy? Yeah. But he, he manages to keep his composure. But the whole time I was just like, you you could just shoot Bond in the head. Like you really don't need the answers. You can just move on, okay? Yeah. No, the, or if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna look for the answers, actually torture him like you said you would, instead of giving him ample opportunities to escape. You cannot begin to imagine the horrors of the penthouse suite. <laughs> also, the, the, well, the way I would have fixed this is instead of Bond getting captured, he finds out about Octopussy in the first place and he goes to find her at her little fortress with all the women. True. Um, and then, like, he, she's just like, oh, stay here. And then we kind of develop their relationship more because... I feel like Maude Adams and Roger Moore actually have genuine mm-hmm. chemistry that he doesn't have with a lot of the female leads in these movies. And Probably because think... they're within a few decades of age. <laughs> within a few decades. Um, and it really feels like they're starting to build something, and then it's just like completely rushed. Yeah. Like that whole scene where she's just like, you don't get to judge me for my job, you're just a paid assassin. And then she just kind of storms off. And then he basically just forces himself upon her yep. in a very, very accurate to Ian Fleming, sure, sure. but I, I felt uncomfortable. And yep. then she's just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm fine with this. Uh, yeah. Yep. Eh. I did like the whole backstory with, minus her being named Octopussy because of her dad. Um, I liked the whole, I liked all the backstory about her father and Bond hunting him. And sure. It, yep. it kind of because we know about this beforehand. It's like Octopussy knows who Bond is, knows who Bond is. Um, so we're so we're going. Um, we're, we're thinking like, oh, is she gonna try and kill him? What's 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 the deal there? And she, it, it subverts our expectations because she's like, no, I'm not gonna kill you. I, I I thank you for giving my father an honorable way out. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I liked all that. Yeah, no, I feel you. I just wanted more of it. <laughs> I wanted Roger. Roger more of it. Oh. Ah. Oh. All right, Britain, let loose. Let her I was rip. just going to say, do you think they have fan meetups about this movie called Comic Cons? <laughs> no, Britain, I don't think they do. <laughs> okay, just like lose your fan meetups when they call them Comic Cons. All right, guys, I'm starting up Britain, another Britain, podcast. Um, it's called Comic Cons. Where they preview all the newest footage from the now, I believe, passed away lose your film career. I like the Correct. idea of just. A, Ravenous fan base specifically for Octopussy, and that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. They that's don't care about any of the, the other movies. Yeah, take or leave the other bomb, but that one, shining beacon of filmography uh, for American cinema or British, correct? Cinema, whatever it is, <laughs> British cinema made by Americans. Yeah. Mm. I also I do feel like Orlov is a genuinely intimidating villain, and in this, I do not entirely is... follow why he runs after the train and gets shot and dies but yeah. it was neat well he because he realizes Bond is there and he's trying to get him okay. he, and he was the one talking to Gogol in the big meeting yes. right because those yes. two were flirting <laughs> when I was watching I did, this I, I was like the, oh I man like he was big... like do you want to go do you want to speak no you can go well I think <laughs> I you did... should go I don't know you're going I'm going you're done going I'll talk when you're done talking Gogol 
Like it definitely there was some like mm-hmm. there's some energy mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of NATO, I ship it. You know, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Also, uh, I really loved before I forget about it in the opening when Bond did the mustachioed salute into a karate chop. <laughs> Also, that was a great. Yeah. I knew that we were in for something when the movie begins with some girl we don't know uh, putting a bust busta- putting a mustache on Bond and saying, "Please be careful," and it's supposed to be very dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like, wait, what's? He looks better with a mustache than I would have thought. He does. He, does he, he wore it well, but then he like walks in, he's super awkward, and he like salutes the guy, and then he turns away, and he's like, "Hi, Kiba." Well, the best part is. Because Austin Powers is just in my head, and whenever Austin Powers does that, he just judo chop, and then he does yeah. it. Like that's a thing; yeah. it's a running gag. So I was just expecting Roger Moore, like, just automatically in my brain, I was going, "Oh, he's going to say judo chop right before he does it, right?" <laughs> but then, like, he has I, the genuinely funny bit when the guy who's impersonating him he goes, "Oh, small world, you're him too." <laughs> yeah, like it's a funny bit. I. I also did not understand the purpose of that cold open in the slightest. Yeah. Um, oh, there's no purpose to it. It's it's supposed to be a fun, exciting opening with this weird set piece. So he, he get. I guess he still... The, it, it was fun that he gets to the, the, the plane and he pulls up to the gas station. The plane that changes size and shape <laughs> consistently. <laughs> That's why it's so fun. important for him to get it. <laughs> the stunt work was pretty Military cool, technology. Though. No, you know, it was a great... It looked great. I was just like, that is not... This, that is a different plane. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I th- I almost thought the movie could have just opened with 009 getting killed. Yeah. yeah. And that, that would have been a fine opening. Mm-hmm. We'd be taking out clowns all movie, and I'd be fine with it. Lord. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but, but Tyler, getting into kind of your overall problem, or not, kind of going along with, with the, the weird second act, I, I feel like... Basically, there's two villain plots in this movie, and one kind of feeds into the other, and, and I, th- I feel like they're a little inefficient about yes. how they dole out the information. Because yes. we don't know that there's a bomb that's going to blow up this base mm-hmm. until, like, 15 minutes before it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Like, we learn very yes. late in the game that there's a bomb involved. Because we get before the, that, it's I just do like, like the scene with Orlov explaining, like, "Hey, we should all, you know, we can combine forces and we can we can wipe these. They're not going to retaliate yeah. with nuclear weapons. They don't want to start a war with us like that. Yeah. We can look we can, at our tank brigades yeah. along our borders. We, we, we can literally just, can, yeah, and, yeah. No, that that I, I genuinely thought I was like, I mean, uh, and he's kind of a fun. Like his performance is a little bit um, over the top. Yeah, in, in a good way. Um, yeah, I, I like the set in, in the Russian whatever their base. It very yes. felt felt very Kubrick to me. It's kind of this big elaborate thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, I liked Orlov quite a bit. Um, so basically his plot about... Like like the whole thing about him smuggling these jewelry items out of like the Russian treasure trove and just replacing them with fakes so he can get money. That's just kind of an in that Bond latches onto in order to figure yes. out the bomb plot, and I feel like they don't interweave enough. Yeah. Like, there's a smuggling operation, and then Orlov just kind of uses that smuggling operation to get this bomb where he needs it to go, and that's about it. Like, specifically with the Fabergé eggs, mm-hmm. that gets dropped, Yeah, like, halfway through the movie. Well, they drop it in the <laughs> opener. <laughs> but that was just the fake. Yeah. Anyways, um, I do quite like the the auction scene. Um, yes, I like love the auction. Like you were saying about a, a good Bond betting scene, I also think that I mean just just in general, anytime that he's kind of uh, outplaying somebody, you know, 
with well, because his... there's a logic to it. Yes, basically he's trying. He, he realizes, oh, Kamal Khan, he's he really needs to get the egg, and I want to figure out more about this guy, but I want to mess with him first. I want to mm-hmm. see just how badly he wants it. So he keeps upping the stakes because he knows Khan has to keep going in order to get the egg. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It's good stuff. Um. But yeah, and I don't know exactly how you would fix this, how you would kind of merge the two villain plots together. Um, but I feel like they they needed to somehow streamline that a bit. And all of the villains in this are kind of poor. Um, Orlov yeah. is interesting, but... He's a side character. Yes. He's like... not the main bad guy. And Kamal Khan, it's mostly just he's dumb. He's dumb and, and incompetent. His, his, Gobinda has potential, but he never really does enough. He's basically like a less interesting odd job in the way they use him. Yeah. Um, there's the guy who has the like yo-yo chainsaw. Um, yeah, his, like, which is his, really like, cool. Rygar just armor. I I really like the bit where where Octopussy and Bond are hanging out in her room, and then like the assassins show up to try sure. and kill them. There's a wonderful moment where. Bond's fighting them. They run into the next room. Octopussy closes the doors, mm-hmm. and the guy with the chainsaw is behind those doors, and she's just kind of hanging out on the side. And there's just like a weird Dutch angle shot where yeah. she just she looks down as the chainsaw is just bursting through the door, and she, there's just this look on her face that I really like, where it's like, well, you don't see that every day. Which is, which is the weird thing is that you would think they would give that. You said what, what's the side character's name? Gobinda? Yes, Gobinda. Yeah. Um, you would think they would give him that kind of weapon to be like, oh, this is yeah, this is right. his gimmick. This is the this is what this this Bond uh, villain does. I kept I kept waiting for Kamal Khan to be like, hey, Gobinda, go kill Bond, yeah. and then he just never does. Yeah. <laughs> it's very odd. Yeah, I don't know. Can we talk about the uh, the final sort of set piece. Um, because the it, storming of Kamal Khan's yes. fortress. The storming of Kamal Khan. And the Khan. subsequent sure. airplane fight. Because it, oh, yeah. it feels like... I, I was... This is... this is After that, you know, really really gripping, um, grim sort of stuff where Bond's trying to outrace the authorities to get to this nuclear bomb to, to stop it. Uh, yeah. We then cut to this where it's the... the it's Octopussy's performer's... Um, storming the castle and it feels like a sort of a a disney uh maybe shrek-esque uh <laughs> moment where it's like oh you've got the performers like so, someone's using the it felt like a to... stunt spectacular yes, and not a real using... action sequence it, it feels like the end to like tingled <laughs> like where it's like oh you've got they've all got their little skills and they're doing the things to to well, I'm a little get into the castle yeah. i'm not sure how well they dole out this information at octopussy's palace or whatever you want to call it are all the women there? Do they are they also a part of her circus or how? That seems what's... to be the implication. I'm I'm a little confused because they're by using all that. they're using the, they're like doing the acrobatic flips up onto the elephant and like that. They, elephant I know thing a lot of them had like ma- she flips is great. It's pretty yeah. Good. It's pretty cool. A lot of them had like matching red jumpsuits, and yep. I was a little, little bit yep. confused by that. Yeah, I it was know. like, is this like a '30s like space cereal? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's very. Is, is Flash Gordon about to walk like, into frame? Exactly. Like, 100%. Uh, yeah, like like Rocket Loops, uh, some sort of <laughs> some sort of. Yeah, exactly. Sugary confection, Blastos or something. Yeah, yeah. What was that cereal that Calvin always had in Calvin and Hobbes? It was like Chunky Blastoffs or something, something like that. Yeah, I'm looking. 
No, sugar frosted choco bombs. Who had Chunky Blast Off? That was <laughs> Chunky. We're a, we're a space cereal podcast now. Blast Off. In this week's and episode pants. of Kamal Khan's. Yes. Oh, that was Boss Burgers. I'm thinking of Boss Burgers. So ah, that makes sense. Um, the but then yeah, we've got all that going on, and they they use the pole to to get Octopussy up to the thing, and then uh, Bond and Q just show up on a giant Union Jack hot air balloon. Yeah, <laughs> and it's this it's simultaneously bizarre and wonderful. It yeah. is. Uh, I just had many questions, and we and they just did not expect us to want the answers <laughs> they're just like you're gonna go with this it's fine and well there's a weird bit where, where Bond's like Q are you sure you can work this contraption properly yeah. and I'm just going well they got all the way there didn't they <laughs> <laughs> and then Q's just like well it, uh, hot air makes it rise or something like that well, and Bond's just like oh well uh, good good to know or, you know something well, the like thing that is, they, like, the, what is this dialogue the balloon took out took off from like three feet out of side of the wall <laughs> They were like, all right, we got to get the... All right, it's inflated. All right, we're here. All right. But it is this weird... Yeah, you're like, like they've been traveling for some amount of time, and he's like, Q, do you, uh, do you sure know what you're doing? I think, I think the, uh, the the one-liners are definitely lacking in this movie. Yeah, um, his delivery is great, of course, but sure. they're not... Cre- they feel very... Forced. They're yeah. just like, oh, we have to get some of these in here. Yeah. Again, I think it's more B- just BJ his facial reactions through a lot of it what? is what sells... Uh, Roger Moore's facial reactions yes. are what sell a lot of it more so than his actual uh, quippy yes. one-liners, like the reaction to the octopusy line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and once again, they have a very strong female main character, and then they just reduce her to a damsel in distress at the end. Yep. They keep doing that with these Roger Moore films, and that that really bothers me. Like I would say, her and Triple uh, X are the two best lead Bond girls in a Rod- in Roger Moore movies. I would still say, who who's the, the girl from Moonraker? Oh, Goodhead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for this movie, Alex, are you saying her as in Magda or uh, Maude Adams? Maude Adams. Okay, gotcha. Well, Magda, I was a bit confused as to how I was supposed to feel about her character. Sure. Um, because like, she doesn't have it. She stops talking with Bond like halfway through the movie, and there's that bit where she's in the circus and she she leans over to Octopussy and goes, "He'll ruin the whole operation." And I really want Octopussy to be like, "He just said there's a bomb." Like, <laughs> I don't think that's a part of the operation. At least as far as you're, are you are you like a, a terrorist? Do you want do you want to blow up right now? Like, what's going on? Um, yeah, it's it's just weird. I don't I don't know. If it feels like Magda is just sort of dropped. That's 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 that's, that's true, and not in a graceful way. Her wearing like a Zatanna esque magician's outfit at oh, the yeah. circus was very amusing. When she stole the general's wallet, and he was like, yeah. "Oh, you got me! <laughs> I could arrest you for Would that." Would be funny if he's like, "Oh, all right, well, you're all right. Read her rights. She's going to prison. <laughs> Send her to the brig." <laughs> God. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I'm really. You're right, Tyler. Holly Goodhead uh-huh. is really one of the few where, where like, she's pretty much just like a strong character yeah. all the way and through. She, she and she actually does things in the finale. Yeah, like a- and I, I think it would have helped even if Octopussy is taken as a damsel in distress if she's able to do something to help defeat the bad guys at the end. But there's just a couple times where she tries to fight back and then they just backhand her. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, ah, uh, uh, okay. 
Also, Bond on horseback trying to get to a plane is just like a yep. really cool image. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, and that horse disappears. Yeah, well, yeah, because Bond uses his animal powers. I so. on- <laughs> to just like magic it away. Yeah. I was hoping that the horse would jump up onto the plane, <laughs> and then there'd be horse plane. <laughs> Like the idea of it jumps and the hooves just smash through the roof, so they're just stuck with this. Oh. The horse is just like, uh. <laughs> Those cowards didn't give us no, no. Plane. It's Octopussy is leaning against the, the side of, of the airplane door, and then it's the same Dutch angle, and we just see the horse's <laughs> legs just burst through the wall. You don't see that every day. I did really appreciate that they went with practical effects and they have guys on top of that plane doing most of the stunt work. Yeah. However, they do not do a good job concealing that they're stunt doubles, number one, and number two, that that they have parachutes. Mm. I could tell very easily, oh, the the wind is blowing their jackets up and you can see the parachute, like the the little backpacks underneath. Yeah. Maybe maybe we should have gotten them clothing that actually, like, maybe it's still like a... They tuck in their shirts, and you keep that underneath, but then, like, if something goes wrong, you can't have that for a parachute. Like, right. Sure. I, don't, I don't know exactly how you fix that at, at, at this point in time of filmmaking. Sure. No. Yeah. I appreciate the effort, but the execution's... It, it's, like, 85% there. Right. I do like the, the bit where Kamal Khan's like... He's messing up the engine. I need you to go out there and fight him. And Gabinda's just like, what? <laughs> okay. I weigh as much as the plane. Sure thing. <laughs> and then, so Bond is able to, he, he like messes with the back of the plane. So it for, he forces it to go down. And Kamal Khan has no control over it. He's not able to change <laughs> that from his controls. That seems like, I don't know. And then he just crashes. Okay, look, look at, the, at that at that point, those controls may as well be Richard Keel on a gondola, and he's mm-hmm. Holly Goodhead. Oh my god! What is he supposed to do? It, uh, take me around the world one more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also didn't really care much for the final scene where Bond is like he's clearly very injured, uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and, and then. then he, uh, and then Octopussy's just like, oh, James, I wish we could fool around, but in your weakened condition, I don't know. And then Bond just kind of, like, rips off everything, and it's like, wait, was he not hurt? What was the point of that? Oh, no, he is. And then the yeah. ADR... We, we, they James! had amputated, like, two... Right, two yeah, what you didn't hear is the crunching of, of bones <laughs> he flipped over. They and had, the blood pouring from his eyes. like a Two days monster. later, they had to amputate. Yeah. It was, it was bad. Why just two days? I feel like it would have been, like, two hours. No. No, nah, dude. The Sex. rot set in, you know. Yeah, rigor mortis. Okay, okay. Yeah, rigor. that's fair. Roger Mortis. But even even worse is the the ADR that they shove in at the very end. Roger Mortis. <laughs> oh my god! But they well, they have her go James right as the credits yep. start, and it's very strange. <laughs> oh, that before that, scene... before that, they have in, out, in, out <laughs> with the people yeah, rowing, yeah. which is not. <laughs> Into the water. Now out of the water. So, so the the end the the end of the credits it says he'll return in from a view to a kill. That is what the short story is called, but they changed the title to a view to a kill. I guess they just wanted to shorten it. Both titles are terrible, and this has me concerned. Yeah. 
A View to a Kill is a very strange movie, so we're probably all going to hate it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm on board. But yeah, the, this movie does have a lot of problems. I don't I don't want it to sound like it, it doesn't. I, I just really enjoyed it, and I was able to latch on to the plot and some of the minor character beats much more than I, I was much, for the last couple. That? Yeah, there you go. Um, also, just the ideas of some of the set pieces, even if the execution wasn't quite there. Like... Bond getting hunted in the jungle, like, and he has nothing. All he can do is run. Is very cool. I like that as a concept. But then they butcher it with the sit and the the Tarzan yell. Like they have a couple of dumb moments. But I like the idea of we have the villain. He's just like hunting in the jungle for sport, and he's like, oh, he's on the run. Let's go hunt him. True. I like. I like that. Yeah. Also, Bond's reaction when when he gets to the boat with the tourists, and they're like. Are, are you with our our boat, sir? He he goes. No, ma'am. I'm with the economy tour. Yeah, that's uh, that's, yeah. Good. that's good. All right, all right. Um, and then Kamal Khan's just like, oh, that Bond sure is a crafty one, but he won't get away. He proceeded to get away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie has problems. I feel like it could be streamlined. Cut ten, fifteen minutes out of it, and it would be stronger. Um. But I, I, I had a good time. Yeah, and I still don't know when I'm when I pay more attention to the movies if that's a credit to the movie or just that I was choosing to pay more attention, or if you were like in the mood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Truly. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't know. But yeah, I I, I enjoyed this one more, but still not like Roger Moore. Eh, but still not like Roger Most. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I was thinking I, last night, I was like, we're going to have to do power rankings at some point. I can't tell these movies apart. <laughs> I mean, we can just strictly do your power rankings based off of the grades. We like, we don't, yeah, we that's what, that's what we're going to have to do. The, the only confusing bit will be, all right, uh, Britain, you gave the man with the golden gun and for your eyes only the same grade. Which one's the better of the yeah, two? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you, tell me what happened in that one again? Truly. One I watched with friends, so I'm really rating the experience, but <laughs> there you go. Um, I I actually really dug the the theme song, um, even though they didn't actually say octopusy, which was disappointing. I just but can't. It, it just I can, kind of flat I can for respect. Me. I understand. Yeah, yeah. But I can't get behind it. I can't. I can't I will, endorse it. I will say though, the lyrics were written by Tim Rice, one of my favorite musical theater writers, uh, mm-hmm. writer of such shows as Chess and Jesus Christ Superstar and Evita and such movies as The Lion King and mm-hmm. the new music for Aladdin after Howard Ashman passed away. So I think he wrote the lyrics to Whole New World, or at least finished them. He's a brilliant lyricist. Right. But I, I, I think the lyrics are probably pretty Yeah, they're strong. fine. They, they don't have any of his well, particular genius, but they're quite good. I try to latch on to kind of relating it to the movie, and sometimes that's just not useful at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was thinking, like, if they were really, like, they – Maude Adams and Roger Moore have such good chemistry, but you could almost have this be like, oh, this is the girl that Bond leaves with. Like, this iteration of Bond, I could see him kind of quitting to be with, with Octopussy. Sure. I'm like, this song kind of, I don't know. I do it also helps, feel like this has got... It helps build up the romance better than I think the actual film does. Sure. I feel like this has gotten more confusing in that, like, you've got a lot of strong, like, love interests for Roger Moore Bond, and then they just disappear by the next movie. That's true. <laughs> and that's, that's the problem with Bond movies. We don't have any reoccurring... How am I supposed to latch on to the romance and really care about these two characters getting together when I'm like, oh, it's just, like, a one-night stand, basically? 
really all of all of Roger Moore's Bond movies are, are actually just his continued adventures in dating. Um, <laughs> we don't see them, you know, kind of breaking off uh, off screen where like, you know, he wants kids, she doesn't, you know, he, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's they it's, both like movies, but she's more pretentious about it than yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of. <laughs> she's like... never heard of Paul Newman, which is weird. Why would you say that you love movies if you've never heard of Paul Newman? Um, not drawing on real life for that reference. Um, sorry, that was mean. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, but accurate. It's just like a real fifty first dates. You know, is that what that movie's about? It's probably or amnesia, something like that. Both, I think. <laughs> Alex, what's your favorite movie? What is fifty first dates about? What the hell was Joseph? What? <laughs> No, that's fifty fifty. <laughs> that's also not the movie I was thinking of. I was making a joke about the other one that I can't remember the name. What of, but I thinking of? Wait, 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 wait! You were trying to reference a different Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie that didn't have fifty in the title. Yes, yes. it's the I forget what it is. Don Juan. No. Let's name all the Joseph Gordon-Levitt movies. Brick. No. Oh, Looper. Five Hundred Days of Summer. That's five Hundred Days of Summer. Days. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I like, I like fifty fifty as that was, that's yeah. actually never mind. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm changing. Yeah. I'm retroactively changing my reference. <laughs> All I remember about that movie is Bryce Dallas Howard's mean, and Anna Kendrick shows up at the end with like a pizza. Yeah. Which they're going mean? on their first date. Fifty fifty. Okay. Going on their on their first it's, date. It's pretty good. I, yeah, I liked, no, I liked it. I liked. It. I remember there being a shot of Seth Rogen waiting outside the hospital that was quite moving. And and Anna Kendrick shows up the pizza, and I'm like, why isn't this my life? And then you watch the Twilight movies, and you're like, Anna Kendrick should just be the main character. Like, that would be very funny. If an aging movie be five minutes long, if Edward's like, I just, I can't not look at you. So that was my Dane DeHaan impression, but never mind. <laughs> and then she's like, what? You? No, dude, that's weird. And then she, like, <laughs> goes away. <laughs> I'm going to college in wherever Pitch Perfect is. And then I was going to say, it proceeds to just play the first Pitch Perfect yes. movie after yeah. that. Yeah. I think that I think it's canon that that her character in the Twilight movies goes on to go to college. <laughs> she changes her name to Bella, gets yeah. mad at her dad. Yeah, I like that. I like I'm okay that. with that. Is her name um, Bella in the Pitch Perfect movies? Mm-hmm. Oh, because it's oh, like oh, acapella, acapella. Oh my god, it's all connected. No, her name's Becca. Her name's Becca. 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 Sorry. Well, that Never works mind. less. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like the my favorite movie scene of all time, uh, Passport to Paris, the Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, where they're, <laughs> where they're explaining to the... Hold on, hold on. We, we gotta live in that for a minute. <laughs> where they explain to the snooty French chef what a hamburger is, and he's like, I've never been to a Mickey Donald's. And he tries to get a fork and knife, and they go, no, 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 you eat it with your hands. That's why they call it a hamburger hand hamburger. <laughs> Acapella, acapeca, you know, and I was, and even as like an eight-year-old, I was like, I don't think that's the etymology. Why do they call it a hamburger? Because uh, it's from Hamburg, right? Is that what? I think. Alex, you know all about meat. <laughs> Alex explained. Resident meat expert, Alex. You, you have, that back tattoo has the Geonosians just chomping down on a burger, right? I was going to say it's just a single meat patty. That's the tattoo. <laughs> Why do you have have a circle on your back? It takes up your entire back so it looks like you have a horrible lesion. (laughs) No, no, that's my tattoo of an uncooked beef patty to show my raw potential. No, 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 there's eight of them. That's my (laughs) octaburger. That's my little octaburger. No, it's your octopatty. (laughs) What do you think? Oh, yeah, there we go. Man, that SpongeBob sequel series is weird. (laughs) 
that, that's my that's the name Comic of my squid. Cons. That's the name of my Squidward's Mr. Crab fanfic. <laughs> we have gone down such a road. <laughs> I'm happy with this. I'm 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 fine with this. C minus. Uh, C minus. Okay. I'm really glad that the movie I'm recommending this uh, week is not super serious. That I'm not even like okay. So Schindler's List. <laughs> no, the movie. What I'm, if you did though? God, the movie I'm recommending this week is another movie that came out in 1983. There you go. Um, and guys, little movie known by the name of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> no, well, though it might be kind of similar. Guys, if you like big hair and bigger dreams, and you want to check out this week's recommendation, it is 100% sincere. I'm recommending, guys. I'm calling Flashdance. Oh, I watched it. God. I rewatched it. I've seen it once several years ago. The other night, it's on Hulu. It is an hour and thirty-five minute series of dance numbers and music montages, <laughs> strung together by a plot in quotes about uh, Alex, played by Jennifer Beals. Ah. Well, that's not confusing. Who? Uh, well, Jennifer Beals plays a woman named Alex, mm-hmm. who is no joke a welder by day, an exotic dancer by night, and she dreams of joining the ballet. And she's got an old Russian ballerina friend, a friend who like helps her out, and another friend who's an ice dancer, and then later a stripper. And um, because she fails at <laughs> ice dancing, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but it's a it's a really silly, really fun movie. This is of course the movie that introduced everyone. Th- this is the movie where the woman is dancing and then she pulls the cord and the, the and laying back in the chair and the water splashes on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie received four Academy Award nominations. Mm-hmm. For, two for original song, one of which it won for What a Feeling, which is a great song. And uh, it won it nominated for another song. It was nominated for editing and for cinematography. It is a genuinely beautiful movie, though. It's like when I rewatched Robocop and I went, oh, this movie looks fantastic. Like, Flashdance is a beautifully shot movie. And I think if you go into it thinking, this is just about, like, super. This movie is part of why we view the 80s the way we do now, where it's all just, like, weird synth rock. Mm-hmm. And. Um, crazy like the song maniac is, is came from this movie and uh like yeah, the hair is huge she's always wearing like sweatshirts like way off the shoulder um leg warmers the whole thing she dates her boss who's way older than her because again james bond i guess um i was gonna say is it roger moore god no it's michael Norrie. um although i wish this movie had roger moore in it so badly but there's like the dancing is genuinely impressive a lot of it is the 80s like they clearly were just like testing the strength of their spinal column because they're just throwing torsos and hips in every direction as hard as they possibly can. But then a woman does this crazy flip directly into a full split that's really impressive. There's one dance number. This is a woman wearing like kabuki face makeup, kind of, and like freaking out in front of a TV screen. There's very little choreography and no lyrics. I see. It's a really bonkers movie, but the music is a lot of fun. The dancing is a lot of fun. And it's just like a good, dumb, like, you know what? I've had a long day. I'm just going to watch this crazy thing. It's a beautiful looking movie. Uh, the the acting is in it. Like, it's not the kind of movie you need to have be well acted, but it's still not terribly acted. Um, and again, like, I, I really enjoyed the music. And yes, Tyler, there is a workout montage set to I Love Rock and Roll. <laughs> in full <laughs> Olivia Newton-John physical I'm so- fashion sta- fashion. Uh, style. So that is my recommendation this week. Flash dance. Check it out. And I guess I give this one. I'm gonna give this one a C minus. 
<laughs> yeah, no, flat C, flat C, flat C. Oh. Yeah, what the heck? Hope you didn't finish right in that I'm... minus. Wait, Britton, so you're telling us of all the Roger Moore movies, this, this is the one that you, you like the most, or you think is the best. Is it? Is that my highest grade so far? Yes. Oh. Then I guess C minus. Because I have no idea what I like the most. Like, these movies seriously all run together for me. Fascinating. We will have to sit at the... Because I feel like I've given all these movies both a D plus and a C minus. Yeah, same. Like, I genuinely don't... <laughs> Except for I, The Spy Who Loved Me, also, which is clearly my favorite. Yeah, rating systems are inherently flawed, but, like, I don't... I have no, I have no idea. Yeah, I guess C minus, just because I'm not ready to say this is my highest rated. <laughs> but I don't know what would be. What is my highest this in, rated? This and Moonraker, you both gave a C minus. I have enjoyed those the most, I will say. Okay, well, uh, fair enough. Yeah, I, I will say. The, the, I have the most just, like... Lizard brain enjoyment. The best time I had watching one was Man with the Golden Gun. We watched it together. But overall, yeah, yeah, that makes sense for me. What are you doing, Alex? Uh, I'm gonna give it a flat C. There you go. Give me a C, a flat C. Something I more, just did. Something, it's a I, reference. I wrote it down. Short. Did the thing. Um, yeah, I honestly, if if I'm like in the mood for a Roger Moore Bond movie. Either this or Spy Who Loved Me would be the one that I would oh, go wow. to. There you go. Yeah, I, can um, feel, I see that. This one just had a lot of elements that I really gravitated towards yeah. that the last couple have not. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, for the next couple of weeks, we're not going to have any more fun. There's no more fun to be had here. Because okay. we will be... Be finishing up this this round of Bond movies with Never Say Never Again and View to a Kill. Um, Tyler, which of those is the worst title? I would say Never Say Never Again. See, I think Never Say Never Again is kind of fun because it's Sean Connery coming back. Um, yeah, there's oh, a meta tinge to it. So I think I think that's is that is that a made up title or is that more that's fun? made up? Okay, I think that's kind of fun. View to a Kill. I don't. I what is that? <laughs> These are words, and I believe they do try and insert that into the film's dialogue. I hope they do. I will probably enjoy that part, <laughs> but it's a, a dumb title. Yeah, the, it is. But both, both, do both these movies have songs with that as the chorus? The title as the chorus. Um. Yes. Well, "A View to a Kill" is is the Duran Duran song that I think. Wait. Numbers wise is one of the biggest Bond themes ever. That sounds about right. Who did Living Daylights? Uh huh. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So, it, kind of interchangeable '80s rock bands. Hey, Duran Duran. Duran Duran has more hits. I don't know about that. Oh yeah, you know they're well, they're more popular than Aha. Well, and, but, and just yeah. sound wise, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember the Never Say Never Again song is very forgettable, and I don't think it uses that title at all. So, ah, well. Is it like, never say never? Is it like that? Maybe it does use the title. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember. It's like we'll it's like a out. slower love ballad type thing. I can't. Mm-hmm. No, no. They it does use the title. I am remembering this now. This is all coming back to me. It does use the title, and it's terrible. We're gonna love I'm it. I'm very excited. Who I, sings it? Just tell me the I name. Don't I, I won't. I won't recognize you, but I need you to look it up and tell me the name. Oh, right now. Right now. Okay. Well, look. And just entirely based on that name, I'm Britain, going to decide. Britain can probably find it faster than I can. Never say never again. Song. Enhance. 
Wait. <laughs> because this is album by the Silva Screen Players. Say what? But I don't. I'm think, thinking that's probably. I don't think the cover is that the score. I I no I don't think that's it. Uh, Michelle Legrand did the music. Wow. Um. Britain, you're failing me here. I know. I thought I saw the word. Lonnie Hall. Lonnie Hall. Mm-hmm. Lonnie. Hmm. I'm Lonnie Hall. Here's my new song. You guys want to buy some pumpkin seeds while you're here? <laughs> I'm sure she appreciates that. Hey. I sound like Dan McCoy's impression of Seabiscuit. <laughs> I'm Seabiscuit, the world's most popular horse. <laughs> hey, guys, it's me, Lonnie Hall. <laughs> No, I'm just imagining using that voice, but just for like random celebrities. It I got some boiled peanuts. Wait, random. Hi celebrity. guys, I'm Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> this is my paper bag face. <laughs> Are you guys excited? Our name's Michael Douglas. I'm in the Tiny Boy movies, <laughs> but sometimes he's a tall boy. <laughs> Oh, I think we need boy. to contain this podcast as quickly as possible. <laughs> it's me, Audrey Hepburn. I'm a fair lady. <laughs> Tyler, wrap it up. Find us online. Here comes the sequel. Oh, God, he's breaking down the doors. You can find us online at here comes the sequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCT Sequels. You can find us on email at here comes the sequels at gmail.com. We're also on iTunes. You just got to search us. Alex, is he behind me? <laughs> uh, yes. I'm Darren Chris. <laughs>